Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thanks for joining us for another week at the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Appreciate you joining us this week. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Andrew is uh, is still out this week, and I think he'll be out next week as well. But then he should be back. So thanks for uh, for listening to us talk about the real estate market. Even if you even if you tuned in to talk to Andrew, we definitely appreciate it. Mike, you sound a little bit you sound a little bit stuffy or under the weather. Are you good? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I am. Uh, I've had a little bit, but uh, it it is not COVID. Um, it so is. It's a, that. It's it's a throw that out there. Um, so it's I, that that I know of. But uh, yeah, just a little bit of a a spring, uh, I guess, tickle in the throat. But uh, but a all is spring good. tickle in the throat. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. So um so that's good, Noah. It's uh I mean I've noticed that uh I mean I've noticed that there is a little a little uptick in spring things. My son had had um you know allergies or something for like two weeks, and I feel like just this time of year that's what happens. It's like everything's getting to be the summer, everything's bloomed, and it's just like going back out there into into the wilderness. So he's he's finally better too. So glad good. glad you're not feeling the feeling the COVID. No. Um, <laughs> so looking at uh, looking at the articles that came out this week, it's been another crazy week in in real estate. I feel like um, I, you know I feel like we say that every week, but um, but nothing has really nothing's really yet to change. And I keep waiting for something to change. Although they always say that when things happen in real estate, um, you know, it's not like if the stock market crashed or you know if there's this giant crash or this giant up uptick really, really quickly. It seems like everything in real estate is usually really slow. Um, yes. Everything's really methodical. Nothing's really quick, except for except for sometimes mortgage rates can jump up a little a little bit quickly or go down quickly, um, yes. which is which is the biggest change we see. But what's going on this week in mortgage in mortgage rates? Um, yeah, like, so I know last week they they finally like went down a little bit. But what's going on this week? Yeah. And they've continued that trend again. And, and what's interesting as you say that is, is it does real estate. You're right. Does move slow. Sometimes interest rate news moves quickly. Um, but what also happens is the reporting on it moves slow, too. So we're always a week behind. So every Wednesday, um, the Mortgage Bankers Association comes out and um, says how much, you know, how many applications and the average interest rate from Freddie Mac and so on and so forth. But that's always from the previous week. And so in a world where it's it's volatile daily, um, we're always a week behind. So sometimes people are calling and be like, hey, I heard interest rates went down. And we're like, ah, that was last week, right? And now something this week. So it's uh, it, it's always interesting. But so this week, though, interest rates did tick um, back down. And like we've talked a lot about a, a lot on the show is that, you know, it's never a straight line down. It's a never straight line up. I mean, I think that's for real estate prices, too, but definitely for interest rates as well. It's it's going to be and we, we do expect them to stay lower for longer. Um, and so they you know, they did start going up a little bit, quarter point, three eighths of a point. And they're starting to trickle a little bit back down, which is good news um, as we head into uh, into the spring buying season or what what typically is a spring buying season. I don't know that it ever stopped. I feel like we're in a right. you know, 18 month buying season right now. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> they, they've ticked down a little bit and it's, that's good news. Yeah, I mean, there was even talk. I mean, at one point people thought, oh, my gosh, are we going to get negative interest rates, which obviously is so far out of the question. But, you right. know, interest rates are 
are those things that, um, you know, I, I definitely think that that's why you have to work with a good mortgage lender. Of course, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow or, you know, next week or three weeks from now. But whenever I've purchased a property, um, you know, I've always relied on my lender to give me the best advice on when they think, you know, we should lock in rates on when they think, you know, what, what they think the rates are going to do. And I think that that's why it's most important to work with somebody because if you have a lender that doesn't necessarily, um, you know, keep abreast to a lot of those things, and of course everybody says they do, but if you have a lender who's just not really paying attention, they might cost you a good bit of money by not locking your rate in at the, at the right time. And I'm sure you've seen that um, with some buyers who have come to you guys who maybe were working with another lender who wasn't able to perform the same way. But that's why it's always great to work with a lender who you know knows what they're doing, who stays abreast at what's going on in the market and who can give you the best advice. Yeah, for sure. And it, it really is. It's our job, right? To pay attention to what's going on in the markets, know what is happening, know what the economic news is and knowing how that affects interest rates because different things affect interest rates um, in different ways, right? Typically, historically, and sometimes there's even surprises and in, in everything else. And it is important to work with um, a trusted mortgage lender that knows what they're talking about and everything else. And because a mortgage is so much more than just the interest rate, you know, a lot of only what we talk about is the interest rates and low interest rates or high interest rates or whatever else is in the interest rate. But there's a lot more that goes into the mortgage. And I've said to people before, you know, they come to us and they're like, they promised me just this super low rate that was kind of out of the market, but then they didn't get the loan done for us. And it's like, well, so right. what good did that interest rate do for you? Right. It's, it's, it's one of those things. If something almost seems too good to be true, usually it is. And, and, um, you know, it's going to be there because there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, than, than just the interest rate. The interest rate does determine the price tag, right? What your payment's gonna be. And it certainly is a huge and an important factor that, that goes into it, but, but there's a lot more to it. And one of the things is paying attention to the marketplace. Um, because yeah. if, if rates are 3% today, but I don't lock you in and I say, oh, I won't pay attention to it. And then I go on vacation for a week and they go up a quarter. Well, now I gotta come back to you and tell you, hey, now it's three and a quarter. Um, Maybe that makes a difference of qualifying or not. You know, maybe that's out of your budget range. You know, there's so many things. So it's important to pay attention to it. And we talk to all of our clients about that, where their comfortability level is um, so that we know and can make the best decision in their situation. Well, and then in regarding rates, um, uh, you know, a lot of um, uh, economically, you know, switching gears a little bit, e economically, sure. um, you know, people are always concerned about what the Fed's doing and what, uh, you know, inflation's doing and everything else. Oh my gosh, is the Fed gonna, you know, increase or decrease interest rates? And now all of the talk is like, are they gonna increase interest rates this year? And they're not necessarily, for those that are, um, you know, lay people, they're not necessarily talking about directly rates, but a lot of times rates follow what the Fed does, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So w when we talk about the Fed and are they going to raise rates or lower rates, that is the federal for, uh, funds rate, which is a very short term interest rate. It's actually an overnight interest rate that banks lend to each other. When you're talking about a mortgage, you're talking about a long term interest rate. Right. So can you imagine if you're loaning money to your friend for one day versus 30 years? Right. Two different whole different things. Um, and that's the difference between the Fed funds rate and the mortgage rate on, on what's going in there. Um, so they don't always correlate. Um, that goes along in there. The closest thing, if you wanted to, if you're out there and saying, okay, well, what do I pay attention to with mortgage interest rates? What is my trigger going to be? The thing that we're most closely tied to is the 10-year um, U.S. Treasury bill. 
um, that is the most uh, the most tied or correlated that a 30 year mortgage because that's the average length of a mortgage, a little bit less than that. And what's going to be there. And so that's in, in the 10 year Treasury rate had gone up quite a bit if we're talking economically this year and kind of as a surprise. And now that started to come back in. One thing to think about um, just a, a, overall is that with all the stimulus that has had, right, we just passed, a, you know, whatever it was, trillions of dollars of additional stimulus. People are getting stimulus checks. There's infrastructure bills, all these things that are coming out. The Federal Reserve has, in essence, printed money. Right. And we've created a whole lot of money and everything else. And so our national debt, you hear about it all the time, keeps going up, up and up. And in order to be able to service that debt, meaning make the interest payment on it, interest rates have to stay relatively low. So I can't imagine the Federal Reserve, our government is going to allow it to go too high because they won't be they wouldn't be able to afford the interest rate, the, the interest payments on our own debt. We wouldn't be able to service our debt. And that's what the United States has always been known by. I mean, look, pull out a dollar bill out of your pocket and it says, you know, backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. We've never defaulted on a debt and we never will. And so that's why I'm fairly confident that over the longer term, rates are going to stay relatively low. Right. I mean, that gets so deep into a lot of stuff. I mean, sure. It's one of the reasons. You know, I mean, that can go into a whole inflation discussion. And one of the reasons why house prices are going up is because, you know, the rates have stayed low and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you do make a good point is that, you know, there's a reason that interest rates are usually where they're at. You know, neither of us are economists. So, you know, in the in the long term, uh, well, even in the short term, I mean, we don't necessarily see rates going up. Of course, we could be wrong, but the Fed sure. has indicated they don't you know, foresee rates going up even at all this year. Um, I think that it would just be, it would have to be something completely, I don't want to say catastrophic for economics, but, you know, it would have to be something completely unseen, um, completely not seen, completely not expected for them to, I think, even remotely think about raising interest rates this year, especially now that they've come out and said they have no plans at all to do that. So I definitely think think that would be something that would be a complete change of monetary policy for them. Yeah. And with inflation, you mentioned on it, it, it goes, you know, as inflation goes up, interest rates generally go up. And so we have seen some inflation. You hear about it, housing prices going up, cost of lumber, cost of gas, things like that of going. But the reason of a lot of that inflation is because of supply chain constraints because of the COVID pandemic. You know, I think most of us have all seen now the uh, the container ships stuck in the Suez Canal, right, for for a week or whatever long of it. So there's supply. It's not natural inflation. It's because of what has happened with COVID and all the less workers and manufacturing and all of that stuff. Right. Well, definitely an interesting conversation. And if you do have questions about interest rates or you're looking to qualify for a mortgage or you're just wanting to plan, maybe buying a home over the next year and want to get, you know, uh, get your your financials in line, figure out if you can um, pre-qualify, figure out what you might need to do to pre-qualify. Mike, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can always reach out to me directly at 813 813- Three seven seven two seven four three eight one three three seven seven two seven four three, or you can go on the web to Cross Country Tampa, all one word, CrossCountryTampa.com. Awesome, and we'll be back right after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Thanks for joining us this Sunday. Just to continue with our conversation about the real estate market and what's going on, there was a an interesting article this week. Um, 
and I find it really interesting. I think the audience will find it really interesting. And, and Mike and I were talking over the break. Um, the, the article discusses um, the hottest markets for U.S. real estate in March 2021. Um, you know, we talk about hot lists. We talk about what's going on in the market. We talk about where where homes are selling. And this is according to Realtor.com. And it, it creates the hottest U.S. markets for real estate. And it bases that on where homes are selling the fastest and where buyers are clicking up a storm on listings. So they analyze everything on their website and they come up with a list of where they see people, you know, clicking a lot, um, browsing around a lot. Um, they see how quick listings are selling and they put all of those numbers together and they come up with what they think their best list is based on March of this year. Um, and I think that's interesting because it actually compared the list to last year. And this was the first month where you can actually tell year over year, you know, with COVID over the last year, I think March was the first month that really started impacting us, um, yes. especially when you got towards the end of March. So I think year over year is definitely interesting, especially over the next couple months. Number one on the list, I probably would have never guessed this this metro area, and it was also number one on the list of March of last year, Manchester, New Hampshire. <laughs> um, never would have guessed that. Yeah, it's about 50 miles outside of Boston, and um, yeah, you just wouldn't think, I mean, this whole list that's on here, I mean, believe it or not, number two is Concord, New Hampshire, so the right. top two hottest are New Hampshire. Um, you know, we could have probably done a trivia show and took, you know, 50 callers and no one would even guess something in New Hampshire. Um, yeah, but it's it, it's interesting. The whole list is really broken down. And one of the things that that I noticed in looking at it is there isn't any really large major metropolitan areas on here, um, you know, that that goes in there. I mean, there's some decent sized cities and everything else. Columbus, Ohio. Um, Spokane, Washington, you know, but a lot of these are smaller type cities. And I think it just goes to the the narrative that we've been talking about people, you know, moving away from kind of all the hot urban areas. Yeah. And and for our audience, what Mike and I were talking about during the break, there's actually not any Florida cities listed on this list. Now, that kind of surprises me. You know, that's a that's a change in what we've kind of seen. Although I don't know that we've ever looked at a realtor.com list exactly like this. So maybe for their list, it's not that much different. But as far as what you would think in your head, you know, I would think that Florida would make up probably several of these, maybe like Mike said, maybe not any major metro areas, but probably just outside. But I think it's definitely something that I wasn't expecting to see like four of the top 10 be in California. <laughs> right. Um, but then I also say that that really goes to what you said, that maybe, yes, they are in California, but you notice that, you know, number three is Vallejo, California. You know, number seven is Yuba City, California, then Santa Cruz, California, and then Stockton, California. You know, so you're talking about California, but you're also talking not Los Angeles, California, or San Francisco, California. Right. You know, you're talking about the smaller areas that are outside of the major areas. Um, yeah. and, and I think that goes through the whole list, really. Yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, one of the things I'll say to our to our listening audience is that even though Florida isn't on this list the way they came up to it, we are in a hot real estate market. Um, I, You know, we, that's we were so surprised that there wasn't anything in Florida um, on here. But I can tell you 
in Tampa Bay specifically, you live it um, every day, Robert, I live it every day, is that we are in a very hot real estate market. Um, just didn't make this list on here, um, but things are still very robust and um, you know, good to go here in Tampa. Oh Bay. my gosh, I'm I'm actually like almost like thank God they're not on this list because <laughs> I don't want any more attention being brought to our real estate market. I think that um, you know, just maybe give it like a year and then move here, or, or maybe like three years and then move here, and then you know maybe some of the craziness will just be away. But I I don't I say this every week like I don't I can't imagine it getting more difficult and i was actually kind of looking to april i was you know when i'm looking at year over year numbers i was looking yeah. at april as like oh my gosh this is a great chance for us to catch up compared to last year because last year in april you know we didn't see a lot of activity we didn't see a, a ton of listings because people were afraid to put their homes on the market so this year you know we're going to be year over year way higher for april no it is so hard out there it is so hard to find inventory it's just my gosh, people are are just needing something to buy or, or something to move up to. And um, man, it's tough out there. And I think it's tough across the country, but particularly in in a Florida and it, actually particularly in the Tampa Bay area. So I mean, if you're if you're wanting to buy or sell, you know, especially if you're wanting to sell, please give us a call 813-359-8990 or reach out to us on our website you know, duncanduo.com. We'd love to help you on there. I'd love to surprise you and tell you, uh, you know, amazing things about what your home is worth and what we can get for you, because I know it's going to be more than what you're expecting. And I guarantee you that you're going to have to do very little in order to get the house ready to go on the market. But I do think that it's super important that you work with a skilled realtor because of what's going on in the market. I mean, in order to secure the most money, I definitely think you have to work with a secured realtor. And we talked about that last week. So that's yes. super important. So uh, we'll be back right after this quick break and we'll continue our discussion here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us after that break. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo. Again, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Thanks for joining us this week. Join us, uh, you know, or you can check us out on any of our socials at the Duncan Duo team, or you can, uh, you know, reach out to us on our website. We'd love to chat with you there. Give us a call at our office, 813-359-8990. Felt like I rushed that a little bit before the break, but we would love to discuss, you know, buying or selling with you. We definitely can help you get into, you know, a larger home, help you upsize, help you downsize. I mean, whatever you're needing, we'd love to help you with your real estate needs, which brings us to our next article. And it is about upsizing to a new home and six mistakes that buyers can sometimes make when upsizing to a home. Um, I think we know when you look at an article like this, I think people always have a reason when they're, we you know when they're going to purchase a new home. A lot of times, especially when you're talking about people that have owned their homes over the past, you know, 10 years, you know, they're wanting to upsize, you know, they're wanting to go into a different home, especially after the pandemic. A lot of people are deciding that they want more space. They want space for their, you know, for their families or just for themselves. If they're wanting to work from home, they're wanting to spread out. Maybe they're wanting a yard. But I think this list is super important right now because you don't want to rush into something that you don't really want, um, even though you're wanting something different. Because number one mistake on the list is rushing to buy a bigger home. Again, a lot of people during this time, they're really, really, um, you know, they're 
they're wanting to get in a bigger home. They're wanting to do that. They're wanting more space, but don't rush into something because the market is crazy right now. You know, I, I think that, you know, sometimes people feel pressure and we saw this during last time uh, that the market was going crazy. Sometimes people feel pressure to buy something. Maybe they want to buy something and they're not really in love with it. Maybe it's not in the location that they really want. Um, maybe it needs a lot of work. I think all of those things are okay, but don't convince yourself if it's okay, if it's not really what you want. And I think that that's very, very important. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's in there. And so, so much of us, even us, we're talking about, you got to be ready and to take advantage of the opportunity when it comes, because things are, you know, they go on the market and off the market so quickly and everything else. And that is true. And it's very true, but don't make sure you, you, you understand what you're getting into. You don't have to go out and buy the first thing you see or rush because you don't think there's going to be another opportunity without thinking it through. Um, because you don't want to, I mean, these are large purchases, right? It's a big investment. Um, and so, I mean, I, I don't know how many times in my career people have called us back six, eight, 10 months down the road. And they're just like, we, we're not sure why we did this. We're going to buy something else. <laughs> and it's, you know, and it's, it, it, they end up losing money because of that, because, you know, it's just, they, they didn't take time to think it through. So, you know, make sure you, you get comfortable with the size, with the price, with the, the area that you're going to be, you're going to be making an offer on then move. Absolutely. Back. Number two is on the list is miscalculating your space needs. You know, it's really important, uh, you know, to be realistic about the amount of space that you actually need. So the article gives some good tips. It says assess, assess your space in your current home and what's missing or necessary to improve upon it. The article says it might turn out that your floor plan or your furniture is actually the problem and not actually the amount of space. However, it could be that you need a new home in order to yeah, like allocate the space differently. So once you move into a bigger space, don't go out and buy a ton of furniture and start filling that space right away. Make sure you know what you need. Make sure you kind of see how the flow is and make sure that you're filling the space according to your need and not just to fill the space. So don't go out and buy too much of everything just to fill the space. Make sure that you actually need it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I, and one of the things a lot of times people look like it, look at is the total square footage of the home. And and I think that's a mistake, too. So, you know, you maybe you live in a 2000 square foot home and you say, I need a 3000 square foot home um, because I need something bigger. When you just look at that, that big number that, you know, the total number that's in there, you got to really dig into the house to see what is that extra space. Right. If you go from a three bedroom to a five bedroom house, but you don't have any needs for the extra two bedrooms. You know, you may waste half that square footage in rooms you don't ever need. So, Absolutely. you know, actually, you know, what do you want? You know, before you even go into it, what do you want the more space for? You know, listen, if you're going to if you're going to have a growing family, maybe you need an extra bedroom and that that is what you do need. But if you're in a house and you say, hey, I want a bigger living area or a bigger kitchen, whatever it may be, know where you want the additional space um, before you go into it. And don't well, just and I think the top that number. I, I think that that is actually a great point because I think especially if you're moving from something like a one-story home to a two-story home or a home with more bedrooms or less bedrooms, you might find that actually your common spaces are smaller than yes. the three-bedroom home that you left. Or if you're moving into a home that's like a thousand square foot difference, but now this home's two-story instead of one-story, a lot of times the builder or the square footage includes stuff like the staircase um, and includes things like hallways that maybe the other home didn't have. So if you're going to a five bedroom from a three bedroom, 
part of the house is some hallways. Maybe all the bedrooms have walk-in closets now. Maybe some of them are upstairs. All of your space is essentially eaten up by the bedrooms and space that isn't necessarily usable to you. So I think that that's a great, uh, a great pointer, Mike. Nice. Number three, ignoring long-term factors. So when you make any major purchase, try to picture how your life's going to change in the coming years. You know, if you're, you know, single or if you're a family or if you're, you know, planning to have kids or if the kids are planning to leave, you know, make sure that you're thinking that out when you're purchasing a home, especially if you're upsizing, you know, maybe if the kids are in high school and you're thinking you need a six, <laughs> six bedroom house <laughs> and then in two years they're all gone and it's, you know, you and your significant other in this six bedroom house and you're just, why do you have all those bedrooms? I mean, that's stuff that you definitely have to think about and how long you're going to actually need those things because you don't want to turn around and sell something a year or two after you buy it. But you also have to factor in larger utility bills, maybe, um, you know, repairs, any kind of improvements that you're going to do with a bigger home. Everything costs more money, not just, it's not just more space. It's most of the time all more money. And that kind of thing snowballs over time. So you make sure that you want to um, calculate those long-term factors in the purchase. Yeah. And a, and a big one on this that I see all the time that people didn't even realize, and I went through this myself, is that especially like you had mentioned going from a one-story home to a two-story home. Well, we live in Florida. It's hot here. And so you may go from having one air conditioner unit to two air conditioner units. And, and and that happens a lot. People didn't realize that they have one for the upstairs and one for the downstairs. That's going to be increased utility costs. It's increased maintenance. Um, when you do have to replace them, right, it's it's double the cost that goes into it. And that's one that a lot of people don't plan for. Um, but a lot of homes, they're just absolutely needed, especially here in Florida. Absolutely. Number four, disregarding financing. So, you know, I think that this goes back to just what we were saying. You know, you want to make sure that you know what you're going to be qualified for or else you're basically just wasting your time. I think that's definitely why you have to get with a good lender because they can tell you up front, okay, you know, if you want, you know, this type of home that's going to cost this much money, this is how much it's going to cost you. I think you need to know that up front. But the lender can also tell you what your payment's going to be with your taxes, with your more expensive homeowner's insurance. I mean, again, this kind of goes back to what we've talked about before, but also what the last factor was. Everything seems to be more money and a lot of times is more money when the home is significantly larger. So I think that that's definitely something that your lender needs to discuss with you up front as far as what you can qualify for. And I'm sure that you see that every day, Mike. For sure. And we have to talk about this. And it's so important here, um, even beyond interest rates. So we live in a, you know, we live in a peninsula that's, you know, we're, we're surrounded by water. There's water everywhere. And, you know, things like flood insurance. Um, you know, in one area, you know, you may have flood insurance that could be several thousand dollars a year. You know, if it's twenty five hundred dollars a year, that adds two hundred some dollars, you know, just over two hundred dollars to your monthly payment. Whereas you could be a mile away and you're not in a flood zone. You don't need flood insurance and it'll be there. So it, it is important to look at and bigger houses generally have bigger taxes um, Absolutely. maintenance costs. Right. Maintenance costs are going to be more or insurance costs are going to be more on an older home versus a brand new home. So there's all these factors that need to go into it. So it's important that you you talk to somebody that's a professional that knows to look at this stuff and talk with you through this stuff so you don't have any surprises. 
Absolutely. I definitely think that it's a good point about flood insurance I, and uh, with a lender, and especially when you're talking about insurance in general, because especially in Florida, increases or uh, increases, really, there's no decreases, but increases in insurance <laughs> are happening every year. Uh, yes. You know, with flood insurance, if you're looking at larger homes, you know, I mean, with any type of home, even one street over, even on the same street could be completely different flood insurance. So that's definitely something that you want to keep into account. Um, but I definitely think talking to a lender about what you can actually afford should always be the first step in your home purchase. Absolutely. Number number six, spending too much on items for your new home. So again, this goes back to almost filling the home that they talked about before. I, I almost think that you could uh, combine those two. So I would tell you to live in your home for a while before you just start filling it with stuff. It basically says that when you upsize to a new home, it doesn't give you, you know, carte blanche to just go crazy and overspend and just fill the home, fill all the bedrooms, fill all the hallways, fill all everything with all this stuff just to fill it. You know, you don't have to buy every kitchen gadget in order to fill the cabinets. You don't have to get all new china to fill all the drawers. You don't have to just fill every space. So, uh a lot of people get into a hole because they end up overspending to fill that home. So it basically says, don't do that. Don't fall into that trap and make sure that you, you really live there first. I think that that one was a really great example of, uh, you know, something where you should live there. I would say at least a year, figure out what you actually need, what you're actually going to use and then start having fun furnishing it, maybe redoing a couple of things that you don't like, but I would always give it some time. And I think that that's great advice. Yeah, for sure. One of you the, hear, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you hear that saying out there about being house poor, right? Like you get in your house, you spend all your money and then it's, you know, it's, it's like you're out of money and, and there's nowhere to go, um, you know, type thing. And so, yeah, take your time, do it slowly over time and see what you really need. Uh, I was going to say, I think one of the things that's important on here that it could actually be an entire number seven into itself, but I think definitely you want to make sure that you take into account location. Um, I think it always is location, location, location. But a lot of times, especially in urban areas, you're going to find smaller homes towards the center of the city because that's how, kind of how cities developed. And then as you go out farther, you know, it became later people wanted bigger homes over the decades. And it seems like the farther out you go, the bigger houses get. But you want to make sure that you're moving to an area where it's not all about the house size. It needs to be convenient for you and your family, too. So I think you really need to think about the long term implications of maybe buying a larger a good bit larger home a lot farther away than maybe the stuff that you're used to, or maybe your work or the schools that your kids are going to, or just what you do in general. Cause if you live far away, but you're coming and driving a very long distance in order to do everything that you're still going to need to do, it becomes one of those things where it, it could impact the quality of your life. So even though your life's improving from the bigger space, make sure that it's long-term it's still going to work being in the location that you're going to choose. And I think that location is always the most important thing. So always remember that. We'd love to help you with your home search. Give us a call. Our office number is 813-359-8990. And we'll be back right after this quick break. Thanks for sticking with us this Sunday on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us every Sunday here. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage on our final segment here on the Duncan Duo Show. I wanted to maybe, you know, end on a happy note here, because um, I do think that this is this is a happy thing. 
um, especially if you're out there searching for a home uh, and especially if you're a realtor out there and you're, and you're listening to the show. But um, this comes from Zillow and a lot of times the market um, and the industry as a whole listens to what you know, the CEO or the president of Zillow says, because, you know, for consumers, that's definitely um, a top site, you know, ZillowRealtor.com, uh, Trulia, which is owned by Zillow, you know, all of those places are where uh, it's really easy to um, gauge numbers because there's so much activity and they can really see trends in what the consumer is doing. Um, and I always go, I think this one's interesting because I'll tell you that I think that just like, um, you know, when you're scrolling through things on your phone and you'll say, I wasn't even looking for pants. How did my, how did this ad know that I was thinking in my mind that maybe I needed new pants? I think that sometimes they know what's happening before maybe consumers even know what's happening. Um, but the Zillow president said this week that they expect an increase in home listings as the COVID certainty improves. I would tell you that I definitely think that is true. Um, I think that a lot of people, um, because a lot of times when you're looking at people who are selling their homes, a good portion of people who are homeowners and who are selling their home are gonna be the people in the older population. You know, People that are wanting to maybe move to a retirement community or maybe like we talked about, maybe they're wanting to downsize instead of upsize. Maybe they're retiring and they're wanting to sell their home and move to a different area. A lot of those people have kind of been in a holding pattern over the past year. So I think what the president of Zillow is saying is that they expect over the next year for there to be an increase in inventory, again, this is a good thing. This is not you know, a, a bad increase in inventory. This is a good increase in inventory of people that have kind of been hesitant to do anything because of COVID, because they've been afraid of maybe people coming into their home, because they've been afraid of maybe doing a move during this whole time, because they've been maybe afraid of what their job was going to do, or if they were going to stick with their job, or maybe they were going to retire to a certain area and they didn't necessarily want to go through that, you know, during this uneasy time, he's saying, or they're saying that they think that um, basically the supply is going to continue to go up as these people decide, okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready to make the move. So I, I would definitely agree with that, Mike. I mean, do you, what are your thoughts on that as a consumer and somebody in the mortgage world? Yeah, I mean, just as a consumer, every day, um, you know, days and weeks and as the months go by, I think everybody is getting a little bit more comfortable with beginning to move around, beginning to do things. And so there is a segment of the population that didn't want to sell it in the past because of COVID and all the things that went along with it. And I feel like every single day, um, in some in more places than others, right? Florida's been a little bit more wide open than than some of the other states and you know, and things like that. But is that people are getting more comfortable and because they are getting more comfortable, and like you said, they were kind of waiting for it to happen. Now they're ready and they feel better right. about whether it's letting people into their house or going out and finding the new house, or maybe they were gonna move. You know, I don't think a lot of people leave Florida, um, right? But if they're going to move somewhere else or a different area, maybe they were worried about doing all of that until kind of this was sort of behind us. And I think right. um, as time goes on, more people get vaccinated um, every single day. You're going you're gonna to see it tick up. I, I, I certainly hope that is the case. 
Yeah, well, and I do agree with that. And I'll tell you, at least from our listing team's perspective, you know, we go and we meet with people in their homes. And during the um, during the height of everything, you know, we were doing a lot of stuff on Zoom and FaceTime. And we definitely, I mean, that's so rare now, believe it or not. Most people are, are having you in their homes again easily. It's not, it's not usually a thing. Um, I think that uh, w- one of the things they did say was, my gosh, I feel like people are almost more concerned about it now than they were six months ago. And my response was, no, I don't think so. I think the people that are concerned about it now uh, that are in, having you come to their home, they've kind of been on the sidelines and now they're comfortable having you in their home. So even though it seems like, you know, the people that we're meeting with are on high alert, I think that it's it's that they've been uncomfortable for a while. They're finally ready to have people you know, into their home, they're finally okay with it, but they're still on edge a little bit. But I think over the t- over time, that's going to definitely get better and more and more people are going to list their home. So I totally agree with this person. I think it's only a good thing. I don't think that um, it's a bad thing. I would love, you know, instead of there being one month of inventory for there to be like four or five months of inventory, I think that would be fantastic for the market in general for buyers, sellers, everybody. And I think that that will continue. So that's just my thoughts on it. And Mike agrees with me. So awesome. So thanks for joining us this Sunday on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We really appreciate you starting your Sunday with us every week. Again, I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. You can reach out to us on our website, go to duncanduo.com. You can find us on our socials, the Duncan Duo team. We'd love to help you, Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok. Reach out to us there. And Mike, how did I get in touch with you one last time? Yeah, we don't have a TikTok page up as of yet, but you can reach <laughs> me by phone at uh, 813-377-2743, 813-377-2743, or go to crosscountrytampa.com. Thanks for joining us and have a great rest of your Sunday.